Hello and welcome to episode 89 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. I hope you're all doing okay in the cold weather out there. It's absolutely fucking freezing in Dublin. Colder than a stepmother's kiss, as Jim Ross might say. But through it all, through the ice and snow, I'm still here bringing you the podcasts that you want to hear, evidently, based on statistical analysis I've been performing on Feckin' Metal. Stats from 2022 versus 2023. Considerable growth there in listenership over the last two years, an increase in 43% as it stands currently over listenership in 2022. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everybody who's listened and shared and spread the word about Feckin' Metal over the last year. It's really appreciated and I'm not going anywhere. As I said before, episodes are fewer and further between, but to me at this time it's a focus on quality over quantity and that's how I'm going to proceed for the foreseeable future. Anyway, there's no ice and snow, but it is fucking freezing in Dublin, so uh, I suppose keep your heat on, but watch out for the old heating bills, eh? Anyway, this is my interview that I previously promised with Rob Garvin and Tim Baker from Sirathungal. Before we get to the interview, I would just like to mention that Rob Garvin was one of the earliest interviews I conducted on Feckin' Metal. You have to go all the way back to episode 10 from the 13th of November 2020 to find that one and he was one of the people who put feckin metal on the map in the very early days so i went through the manager of the band and the bass player jarvis leatherby to set up that interview and having him on really gave the podcast credibility i think back in the early days this podcast is mainly focused on underground metal uh, for the most part i know i did lengthy series on black sabbath and iron maiden but really if you look at all the episodes that i've released most of the bands featured are underground artists and that's who I like to focus on. And having somebody of the calibre of Rob Garvin coming on Feckin' Metal in the early days I think really gave it a certain level of acceptance amongst that type of audience and I really appreciate him doing it back then and I really appreciate him and Tim coming back three years later to catch me up on everything that's been going on with Sirathungal in the last three years. So. It was great to meet Tim for the first ever time. Rob was a pleasure, as ever, to speak to. A great bunch of lads here at Tungle. We had loads of crack, but also talked about some serious business as well. Uh, obviously, topics related to retirement for 2024, which they announced recently, releasing their fantastic album, The Dark Parade, back in October. Uh, we touch on Jim Baratza's exit from the band and talk about the new replacement guitarist for him. And then we also have a good kind of chat about uh, Tim and Rob getting to meet Brian Downey from Tin Lizzy at the Frost and Fireland Festival back a couple of years ago as well. So lots of stuff to discuss here. As I said, it was absolutely great crack speaking to Tim and Rob, and I really appreciate them coming on. So that's quite enough of that. Let's get on with the interview. Here's Tim Baker and Rob Garvin from Sirathunga. Oh, you're both in the same room. Yeah. Excellent. All right. All right, Tim, nice to meet you. Um, I haven't spoken to you before. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, so look, really appreciate you doing this. I know you've probably been very busy with interviews and all that since the album was released last month, so I greatly appreciate it. I did speak to you, Rob, before, about three years ago, actually, nearly now. It was November 2020, and you were just releasing Forever Black around that time. Then you've been quite busy since then, so let's chat about some of that, I think. Okay. Hey, uh. Since I always talk so much, I'm going to let try to Tim do. Oh, no. <laughs> whatever, whatever comes up happens, man. 
worries. All good. All right. So I remember talking to you, Rob, back three years ago, and um, you were saying it was one of your dreams to go to Ireland, have a pint of Guinness, and to see the rain. And I know you got to realise that dream in 2022 because you had the Frost and Fireland Festival. So uh, both of you, I suppose, how was that experience for you playing up in Derry in the festival that Jarvis organised? I thought it was great. I mean, it was fantastic being here. I mean, Derry was like super cool little place. I mean, really interesting, the history and the... Uh, just walking around the town, we went on one of the we went on one of the, uh, the walking tour things, you know, where they give you the whole history of like, you know, the whole study Sunday bloody Sunday stuff and all the yeah. all the stuff, and uh, it was really cool, man. Uh, we're actually going there again next year, so not dairy, but I mean, we're going back to Ireland, I think. Uh, oh, is, is that officially announced? Oh well, oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think it's officially announced, but I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that we're we're going to try to make it yeah. back there. No, Jarvis, Jarvis said it to me. Kind of privately, but um, yeah, look, I can cut that bit out if you want, if you don't want to spoil right, it. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you cut that out of the podcast if you want. I mean, I don't know. We're, we're, we're working on something there because we'd really like to go back. It was a yeah. really enjoyable experience and it was, uh, you know, we'd love to go back there. It's been a little bit more time in, in Ireland. Brilliant. How long did you stay over there for, actually? We were there for like, I don't know, like, like three or four days, like walking around and, you know, did the concert and everything. So, you know, Rob, I, Rob always wants to stay there you know, and like travel around. So, you know, hopefully yeah. that'll happen. Well, what Tim said though, you know, there's a wall around the whole city and we walked yeah. the entire length of the wall. That was pretty cool. But the highlight of the trip for me was we played with uh, Brian Downey and, yes. you know, most bands we play with big bands, you know, it's even if, you know, we grew up with them, we met them when we were like 20 yeah. trying to get to see him is like near impossible. But, yeah. uh, his uh, dressing room was right next to ours. So we went in and talked to him. And the next morning we had breakfast with him at the hotel. And it was just really amazing because a funny story when we were, our band was first starting in the seventies, there was a record store in Los Angeles and me and Greg would go down there and they called us the thin Lizzie brothers because we love thin (laughs) Lizzie so much. Yeah. This is when no one knew who thin Lizzie was in the United States, Mm. but I actually made a t-shirt to go to school. that had the thin Lizzie, like their kind of logo on it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. uh, yeah, so my whole my whole life growing up, and you know, Brian was in the band. You know, they went through quite a few other you know guitarists, but uh, uh, yeah, he was the constant. Yeah, uh, with Phil, yeah, he's, re- well. he's a re- really cool guy too. Yeah, and he know. played. He played great. He played unbelievable, and like Tim was cracking up. I think he had like a, a shirt with a collar on and it buttoned. You know, and he never broke a sweat. You know, he hit every yeah. note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I met that after the show. I go, I go. You know, the, the coolest thing about the whole show, I go. You never unbutton that top button, man. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a swab the whole time, you know? Totally yeah. cool. No, he's just, he focuses and he just plays. Yeah. And he, yeah, I've seen them a few times. I saw them a couple of times in Dublin and um, they played at Keep It True Rising just last month, yeah. actually, as well. And they're fantastic. And it was actually great to see them in that environment with all the metalheads because if there's one like hard rock band that all metalheads love, it's Tin Lizzy. So, and they don't really play at metal festivals. Oh, sorry, I know it's not actually Tin Lizzy, sorry, but like, you know. Like that type of band, they don't you, don't you don't see them at metal festivals, so it was great to see them there. Yeah, they, as well. they do. A, they, yeah, I'm hopeful we'll be able to play somewhere else with them again because I mean, I mean, they were. I've seen four different versions of Thin Lizzy over the years. I saw the original band with Phil back in the day, you know, back in the what, like late early mid '70s or whatever. And I saw the the Brian the the the, the John Sykes version that was touring around with a walk mm. for a while, and then I saw the Black Star Rider version that was touring around for a while. Mm. Uh, and then I saw the the, uh, the Brian Downey version, which is, you know, by far the closest thing you're ever going to be able to see the real band. I mean, they were 
I mean, yeah. if you almost if you squint a little bit, you know, like a little bit, you kind of go, oh man, it, 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 you know, it almost sounds like being there, man. So, well, I mean, let, let's be honest, the singer does look very like Phil Lynott, like you know, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm I mean, sure that's by design, but like he also sings like him as well, so that's a, a huge yeah, plus. I mean, he's, and he's actually a really super cool guy. I mean, we hung out like for a while you know, after the show at the at the lobby, the bar there at the hotel and stuff, and you know, just telling the stories back and forth. He's a they're all really cool guys, man. So I mean yeah. that's a really, that's a real plus when you get to like meet some of the guys that you you know kind of looked up to over the years and stuff. I mean not necessarily those guys but like Brian and stuff. So it's it's yeah. nice to sometimes people always say it's you don't want to meet your heroes because they're always yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. You know, they're always <laughs> gonna be like not what you think, but I mean sometimes they are, which is really cool. Yeah, that's great. Um so okay, yeah. So did it rain, Rob? Uh, I know you were looking forward to being in the rain over there. <laughs> I I'm not sure that it did. Okay. But no, I don't think I don't think it really did. We we, we kept the rain away, man. So, so that was kind of good. It's raining here right now, actually. Yeah, in California. So that's cool. What What's weird about that? Every time we used to play, because it never rains here, it's kind of like an arid uh, desert environment. Uh, but back in the day, it used to rain a little bit more before climate change started fucking everything up. But. Uh, mm. Every time we play, it would rain. And so it didn't rain for like a year. And the night we played, it would rain. And of course, you know, people, we'd be moving our equipment in the back of open pickup trucks. And it was kind of like <laughs> a nightmare. But it seemed like a lot of the shows we played in Europe, we were in England for two days and it, the sun was out. We went to Stonehenge. Uh, we yeah. couldn't get in because we got there late. It was kind of like a spinal tap moment. But we got to walk <laughs> over there. But the people were with me, they're going, it hasn't been this sunny, you know, it's like two days. It was like the sun was out. It was beautiful. And yeah. 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 So, we, you know, we take I'd it say it's, it, it's probably the sunny and cheerful nature of your music that brought the sun over to these yeah, rainy places. We, we, always, we always bring the sunshine and the warmth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Good stuff. Right. Glad that went well. I, unfortunately, I couldn't make that because I bought tickets to Copenhagen several months beforehand and booked hotels and flights and everything. And I was really disappointed that I couldn't make it, but I did manage to get to see it. Um, in uh, Hell's, at Hell's Heroes in 2022, so um, and I know you're playing there again next year, I think as well. Uh, but that was fantastic, fantastic performance, and great to be able to see a band that I probably I never thought I'd see really because I wasn't sure if you were going to be like coming to Ireland again or you know. And I just happened to be going to the US, and that happened to be on. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Hell's Heroes. Um, so how was that experience playing at that festival? Well, yeah, no, it's great. We we're playing there again, so this will be our third time playing there. Hmm. I was actually born in Texas. Third time? Played yeah, three times? Yeah, we played there three times. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We played there, we played there twice. We, we played the first time it happened. Then we played uh, okay. the last time. Uh, uh, Did we? Yeah, with Riot, remember? Yeah. And, I know that the one you were at with Riot, yeah, but I, di I didn't think you'd played it before. I'm siding with Tim here. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think <laughs> no, played, no, no, we no. played it once. Man. No, no, no. We played it twice. Uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> But we'll have to look up anyway. I'm positive because uh, uh, some of the people that were there, we play with Midnight. Remember when they're drinking out of the big water bottles, uh, five gallon water bottles? Anyway, yeah, no, 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 that's the third time there. Uh, yeah, you played there in 2018. I just Googled it. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Only once, we played twice. 2018 and 2022, and then next year. Oh, okay. Next year, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. Rob, I stand corrected. <laughs> so do I. Uh, I stand corrected as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm the. Uh, the I'm the archivist yeah. of the band. I know Clearly, well, I'm I'm sorry I ever doubted you. My sincere apologies about that. Yeah, me too. What I liked most about it was I know this is funny. Uh, I grew up in Texas, and out here in California, we eat a lot of Mexican food, you know. And so mm. 
uh, Texas, New Mexico, a lot of the areas of the Southwest, there's, you know, they have like really good Mexican food. And so, mm. uh, you know, right near the hotel, right after, right after the show, we went to this place. It was open at two in the morning and uh, we had dinner. It was pretty amazing. Lovely. I love Mexican food as well. Excellent. Um, which place was it that you went to actually was it the the uh, cantina barba or I'll, I'll i'll send you i'll send you a link to it or something it was pretty weird uh because here in california you know like at nine o'clock all the restaurants are over mm. and you know by two o'clock all the bars are shut down but people yeah. are usually gone way before that and after we played that night we asked you guys somewhere we could go eat we went to this restaurant and literally it was 1 30 in the morning yeah and there was yeah. families in there with their children you know and, mm. and to us that was just so different than kind of uh, yeah, yeah. Area we live in, you know. I wonder, was it the same one? I I was there at like two o'clock in the morning. Well, I was at a Mexican restaurant at Hell's Heroes after Hell's Heroes at two o'clock in the morning. I wonder, was it the same one? Anyway, um, <laughs> good stuff. So yeah, Hell's Heroes. You played there a couple of times. Excellent. So you've kind of got these festivals now that, like, to me, are kind of like um, home festivals. And I think one of them is like Keep It True. So you've done Keep It True a few times, and I know you're doing Keep It True Rising again next year. But you played a Keep It True uh, this year, which was the multiple times postponed festival that was supposed to happen in 2020 um i know that was one of your like earliest shows back if not the first one maybe the second one after the the long period of time um how is that like festival to me it, it seems like home ground for you now at this age it's always fun to play there you know it's, it's always great to play for uh you know uh, one of oliver's gigs because you know he treats everybody you know really well and he's a great guy and uh, you know, they, they're very well organized and they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a long time. So there's really, you know, not, not there's really nothing that's really going to throw you off. No, or, no surprises. Or any, any, yeah. Or anything. There's not going to be anything unexpected or any kind of like things that are all just screwed up and everything. So it's, yeah. it's always great to play at his festivals. And uh, like I said, we grew in the Keep It True Rising, I think, which is, uh, I believe it's the same venue where we played. Hammer, Hammer of Doom is called. I think yeah, he does another the, festival there. The post hall, the yeah. Hall, yeah. yeah. So it's it's the same. So we've been to that venue before, and uh, so it, we're looking, we're, you know, we're really looking forward to going back. We have lots of funny stories. Uh, a lot of our shows after we played Hammer of Doom, it was snowing outside. Yeah, and we went outside. It was quite snowing. Well, it could was, have been. Well, yeah. Well, there, it had been snowing anyway. So we went outside. We were waiting for a ride. And I had a big furry hat on. We had leather jackets and stuff, but we stood there, seemed like for like 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> and I'm not sure what the story was, but I almost froze to death. And I remember there was like a fast food restaurant across the street. Mm. I keep, I wake in the middle of the night thinking, man, if that ever happens again, I'll probably run over and stand in the warm. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. But another thing at that show, uh, we played with Lucifer's friend and um, boy, uh, they were like another one of our favorite bands growing up, you know? So, and uh, we get John Lawton. I talked to him and what was so funny is I said, Hey, let's keep in touch. And later that year, Christmas, you know, he sent me an email saying, Hey Rob, how are you doing? I just wanted to talk to you and see, you know, you said, let's keep in touch. And, mm. and he just was always one of my uh, favorite bands, you know? Mm. And then he sadly passed away the next year, but uh, oh, yeah, play, playing with them was uh, amazing. It's great that you got to play with them. Um, okay. So, Let's have a look then at some other things. So um, you've obviously got a, a, a new album out. It was released in October, uh, but you released a couple of singles there in September beforehand um, and October. Uh, Velocity, SEP, I'm not sure what SEP stands for, and Looking Glass, um, and then you released the album. Uh, so how has that been? I know you released one in 2020, but it's that's kind of quite a while ago now, and there's been a lot of activity and a global pandemic in between. So what was it like, you know, the experience of releasing an album again? It seemed to 
be well received from any of the reviews I saw anyway. It was fine. Yeah, no, it's, it's always great. Uh, we did release something during the pandemic. We did the EP, Half-Ass, uh, Half-Ass Human. Human. I think that was in when, 2021. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you did. One, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's been a couple of years. I mean, it, it normally takes us that long to, you know, if we're going to do a, a full album, you know, I mean, uh, the EP was kind of a something we just kind of decided to do, like like you said, during the pandemic. Cause, mm. You know, the the world was shut down, so we said, "Well, you know, let's, let's do something here in the meantime while we're working on the the next record." Because, like, like you said, the uh, Forever Black came out right when it hit, so we weren't able to go out and play the album, or you know, it was yeah. kind of screwed everything up globally for promotion wise, and you know, all that kind of nonsense. So, uh, it takes us a while to get an, another new album out, and uh, you know, we're glad that Dark Parade is out, and uh, you know, we're really proud of it. And, uh, you know, it's doing well and it's getting good reviews and, you know, people seem to like it. So good stuff. You know, yeah. It's all good. So yeah, you, know I, you put on a hat there, Rob. Yeah. That's, it's getting cold. I know something. this is audio only, but I wanted to make it look good for you. Hey, uh, so <laughs> after we put out dark parade, you know, this is the amazing thing. People always ask us, you know, is that, is that why your music dark? Cause of the, uh, uh, you know, because of the pandemic and stuff. And, and I, I say no, but okay. Forever Black came out on literally the day the pandemic hit. Mm. I remember us calling Jarvis and going, hey, can you call the record company? Can you cancel the album? Because what we didn't want to just come out in this wasteland. Mm. Um, And that's what, so we didn't want two albums released, two studio albums released uh, during this time where the whole world was kind of on pause. Mm. Uh, I mean, mean, nobody knew how long that was going to go on. I mean, it could have been forever. It could have been, you know, Six months, it could have been like what, what it was, like two years, two and a half years. So, I mean, we had no idea what was going to go on. So all, all we could do was just, you know, move forward, yeah. you know, work on the stuff that, you know, the, that we wanted to do. And hopefully it was all going to be over with by the time we got ready to release a new album. And sure. thank God it was. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, yeah, so, yeah. And you know what? I should have hit that first. I, I meant to talk about Half Past Human. Sorry to interrupt you, Rob. Uh, but, uh, that's good. Well, yeah, and, and that... that- that's what the reasoning for that was. We thought, okay, for years, people said, Hey, why don't you re-record some stuff? And we're like, well, shit, we're getting older. Hmm. Why we, you know, we have more music inside of us, you know, let's pump this out. Let's, instead of going back that we've already done that. Right. But then as a pandemic wore on, we were thinking, Hey, you know, this might be the perfect time to revisit some of those songs. And I think I can't speak for Tim, but I was thinking, you know, this will be okay. But I think the songs came out way better than I expected because we breathed a lot of new energy into them. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and, but then there was this confusion. People were, were like, man, these songs sounds like they're written in the eighties. Well, they're written in the seventies. Right. And then, then people are asking, Hey, uh, forever black, were those songs written in the seventies too? You know? So yeah. that album was all songs that we just re recorded just, just for kind of like something to do. Half past human was. Yes. yes. Yeah, but yeah, so those were like in the archives in the vault, and you hadn't really done anything with them. Is that correct? Yeah, that 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 that's yeah, that's that's the point of it. Yeah, yeah. we decided to go well instead of releasing all new material in the middle of a pandemic yeah. because that's that's what happened with you know Forever Black. So we decided to do that, the, you know, drag up some of the the best of the old material that nobody, you know, people might have heard some of them before on some of the other uh, albums or bootlegs or things that are out there, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Not, not the proper versions, yeah. and then we decided to give them a remake and, uh, you know, facelift and get in there and do them properly, yeah. you know, with the modern, you know, equipment and the, and the, the, the 
kind of vibe that we had going on now. So it came out pretty good, I think. So people seem to like it too. Then on the 30th of September this year, you made an announcement online that, that Jim Barazza, or Barazza, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, was leaving Sirithungal. And that was kind of quite surprising. So it was you mentioned that it was due to ongoing health issues. You wished him, wished him the best of luck. So that was kind of a shocker out of nowhere. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, like I said, we, we're, we just kind of go by the band statement. We haven't done any more, you know, explaining about any of that. And we we never, we never, never really felt the need to, mm. you know, uh, it is what it is. And we, you know, we're moving on, you know, bigger, better, stronger, faster, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, well, not a, it's, it's, it is what it is and it happened and there's, you know, there's no looking back really. So, yeah, here's what I've been telling people. We've had personal changes in the past. We've always come through it stronger on the other end. Yeah. Uh, but you know, in, in that, uh, you know, in that, uh, in the announcement that we made there, you know, the band uh, announcement, you know, this, this was a true thing. We were trying to decide, you know, maybe we should break up, you know, maybe we should just call it a day, you know, and Jarvis goes, man, I got all these amazing shows booked for you for mm. next year. And we're going, well, come on, you know, we've had a good run, put out some great albums, you know, you know, we're, you know, there's less of a band. We just shed a member, you know, and, mm. uh, and uh, we're like, well, who could, who could actually fill in there? Mm. And Armand's standing there, you know, and Armand, the, the guitarist for Night Demon, you know, he's got a studio. He plays in a couple of other bands, kind of like mm. side projects. He's and, with us and he's played live with you before. You know, yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. But you can see he's shaking his hand like this. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know it'd be, be like someone saying, if you get a call from one of your uh, cousins and saying, Hey, uh, can you help me move next Sunday? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I'm fucking busy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the look he had on his man, you got a truck and everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, flat tire. <laughs> but I think the reason that he did it was he was the only person on earth that could have. Yeah. He recorded every project since the band got back together mm-hmm. because he's been, we've been playing with Night Demon almost every show because Jarvis is there. You know, he's been at every one of our shows. So he's he done pro- the sound for us, yeah. like tech for us. Like we did all the recording, everything, yeah. all the stuff over in his studio. So he, you know, he knows the songs yeah. better than some of the other guys in the band, probably. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was it was it was a logical decision to, to to move forward with doing that. And uh like I said, just wait till you, you know, come to you know the next one of the shows and you'll uh you know, there's no drop off, there's no nothing. It's just like, you know, it'll be just yeah, it'll be, it's gonna, it was great. It's great. So That's, he had two weeks to get ready for a show at the Roxy, you know, and all of us were kind of like, you know, hey, it's going to be recorded, it's be on movies, you know, or videotaped. I think all of us had a little bit and I got we were handing out posters a week weekend before at another yeah. festival here. Yeah. And someone, you know, I hug everyone and shake everyone's hand. And, you know, it's a heavy metal concert. So when you're talking to someone, you're always yelling, hey, you know, mm. right in your face. <laughs> yeah. Someone got me sick. So I was sick on stage. Uh, I didn't even think I was going to make it, you know, but I got up there and played and Ar- Armand note for note did. I think he might've, uh, might've been one of the best shows that we ever played. Good stuff. And actually, has there been an official announcement about Armand yet? Uh, well, no, we're not, I don't think we really need to do that. It's, it, you know, I, as far as official announcements to go, we made, we made the one and, and that was, you know, that was that, has its own issues yeah, yeah. with that announcement. So I, I don't want to go any, you know, further into the weeds on that kind of stuff, but okay. you know, we're like, I said, we're moving forward. We're good to go. Sure. Uh, nobody's going to be disappointed. Nobody's going to be freaked out. It's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be amazing. Okay. Now 
That's great. Um, so then, but then shortly after, you kind of announced your retirement, which was, again, kind of another shocker. <laughs> so a band that seems like on, they're on such a roll. So you just said, after careful de- deliberation, we've decided that 2024 will be the final year that Sirathunga will be performing live. Um, now, to me, that kind of is a bit different to retirement announcements from other bands because they'll do something like Aerosmith and they'll book a tour called Arriva Derchi and then two years later they'll have another one called One Last Hurrah or whatever the hell. Oh, well, no, I, 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 took my, I took my son when he was like 15 years old to see Scorpion's last tour. Oh yeah. And now he's like 30, now he's in his 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, we are going to, we, we are going to stick to that though. Oh, okay. As far as, you know, as far as, as far as, our, as far as we're all yeah. concerned, yes, we are going to stick to that. Okay. Now, I do a lot of interviews for the band, you know, and I'm, I'm, I still have energy in me and I still have music that I want to come out. I'm not sure I've convinced him completely, mm. but uh, most of the other guys in the band, I got uh, buying for this. So, I mean, I'm not done with writing some new music. Mm. Now, like I said, that we have a whole nother year to go mm. playing these shows. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I just want to give a little bit of something to look forward to. And just so you know, a little bit of background is someone asked me is because uh, we lost a guitarist. Is that why this was? And that's not, that not really we've been talking about this for a while. Okay. We're getting older. The traveling, you know, most shows we'll play, we'll fly to Europe. Sometimes they'll take us three days to get to Europe. We're on the ground for a day and a half. Uh, well, yeah, no. Our, are, our you, are you going by boat? <laughs> I know. No, like, no, no. Okay. But we flew. No, no. no I, sometimes, it, I mean, it, it, there are like screws. Okay, it, the last, when we did keep it true the last time, it took us from, from here in Ventura, California yeah. to get to Didaheim, it took 30 hours. Okay, yeah, no, I was only joking there, yeah. but like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Which is, which is ridiculous. You know, flights getting delayed, you know, yeah, yeah. layovers at like two different, like, airplanes, and then it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a slog sometimes. Yeah. And like Rob said, I mean, we're, you know, that's not, not the fun part is being there. Getting there sucks. Being there is great. Yeah. You know, you can say that about any vacation, any, anything you ever do in your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it, that's, that's 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 one of the factors the reason why we're, we're going to do that we have to look at this too you know when we when uh jarvis talked to us into getting back together and oliver was there well we we thought we'd play one or two shows mm. you know and people are like hey we want to see the band and I, i'd swore for 30 years i'd never play again you know i go i'd never touch another drumstick as long as i live mm. you know Liar. oliver started uh, emailing <laughs> me you know, oliver started emailing me in like 2004 going like mm would you come play my show? And, and I'm like, no, definitely not. You know? So anyway, the fact that, uh, and how it's been explaining it, you know, we played a couple of shows like a snowball rolling downhill. We start picking up speed you know, we start writing new material, mm. uh, which is game did the live album re-releasing King of the dead paradise lost, you know, and we're, we started having a lot of fun doing this, you know, but at some point you got to understand what we we thought, what we don't want to be, we're not there yet, but we don't want to be a parody of ourselves on stage. You know, we decided to be rather go out with a bang than a whimper. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and someone said, well, hey, the Rolling Stones are 80 and they're still doing this. But most bands of our caliber, even though we're headlining a lot of these shows, we're barely breaking even by the time we get home and stuff. So, I mean, if we were making a million dollars a show, you know, yeah. I would carry Tim to the plane. Uh, <laughs> at each show yeah. but at some point you get older you want to you know you want to relax and enjoy life mm. you don't want to spend you know 90 percent of your life in an airport waiting for a plane that just yeah uh, you know i completely understand um one, one thing that did stand out to me in that statement and you've touched on it there yourself you talk about your latest album 
not your last or final album. And I, I that kind of jumped off the screen at me. It was like latest. It was like insinuates to me that there might be another one. So I can see you're thinking that way. Uh, you said maybe Tim isn't thinking that way, but uh, <laughs> sure. Rob's thinking that way. Rob thinks he's going to be like the heavy metal Beatles or something. Just make albums and never play it live in tour. So. <laughs> there'll, be, yeah, there'll be Sarah Dungle's singles coming out in 40 years. <laughs> yeah, whatever. He's gonna well, do the hey, heavy metal Steely Dan. <laughs> I'm already working on some new stuff right now. So I'm, uh, I got... We'll see how that yeah, goes. But, yeah, no, I, I, do you know what? It, it's a, it's an uncommon thing, though, for you to say, like, we don't want to become a parody of ourselves because if we're going to be brutally honest, um, a lot of the bands who play, the likes of Keep It True, are kind of hackneyed versions of what was once popular. And I wouldn't say that about Sarah Dungle because you've released two new albums and you've got the single you released and you've got the, the EP and stuff like that. So it's kind of, there's new material coming. But like, um, let's say, look at, I don't know, I don't know, Praying Mantis or something. How many people have been through that band? Like 170 or something. And they're still playing a live gig. And you're like, are they even still a band? Can you even kind of relate them to what they were back in? 1980 i don't know if you can so it's kind of it's, ref, it's refreshing I, I, to hear that actually it, it's it, I, I totally understand what you're saying i mean we have you know we have three of the original guys in the band yeah. still i mean you're, uh, when you say that when you what you just said it makes me think of leonard skinner oh jesus yeah that's the worst example now, or the now, best now, example now, <laughs> now that now that there's not one original guy yeah. left in the band and you're still going to go out and play as leonard skinner mm. i know there's other bands that, I don't want to mention uh, some of the metal bands by name, but I mean, everybody knows that there's bands out there that are, you know, I, I recently took my daughter. She loves the, the old prog band, Kansas. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went to her, my, in my, uh, and her recently. And there's, I think one guy left in that band two two, but the drummer wasn't there for some reason. So it was like one guy, mm. I mean, they're still fantastic because all the guys, you know, they can all pull their weight and it sounds exactly like the old thing, but it's not, it's not really the same. It, it's it's the same, but it's not. I know what you're. I know what you're, you're saying. It's, it's the same, but it's not the same. Yeah. So it's exactly. It, it's kind of odd to, to kind of get your wrap your head around some of that stuff. But I mean, we wouldn't be doing this. I think if it was just you know, I wouldn't go out and try to do a, a band like Sierra Thunder with a, a bunch of people that weren't in the band. I don't think Rob Rob probably would. But, <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, hey, Greg was one of the original founders. You know, he's a guitarist. But you're looking right here at the core of the band. I'll tell you why. With Tim's totally unique singing style mm. and my drum style, mm. I've had other drummer guys say, you know, we we're talking about like playing my parts or something if I died or something. And like, nah. no drummer wants to play what I play because I don't play like any other, you know, I'm not even a drummer. I'm a performance artist. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm a gong player and a drum set just came along and with a cowbell it. player. <laughs> You just, going in a cowbell. Yeah, you just hit anything in front of you. Sure, go for it. Yeah. Hey, but listen, you know, getting back to the stuff though, it, this is the real, this is the real deal, and this is why I still want to keep creating music. Mm. The last couple of albums we put out are fucking bangers. You know, like yeah. every song, both albums, totally kick ass. And I would put Forever Black up with any album from twenty twenty, and I would put the. Uh, Dark Parade up with any album from 2023, any band. Now, now, is it is it the best thing? Is it perfect? No, but boy, the, it, the it's heavy. Yeah, it's yeah. got you know, it's got it's a drive to it. You know, it's uh, you know, to me, heavy metal's always a screaming singer, pounding drum, bass. You know, slashing guitars. Mm. Uh, my whole life, that's all I wanted to do was play heavy metal. You know, and this guy, you know, 
I think that we're still, you know, we're still doing it. You are. No, definitely. And I have a few notes here on the album. Another, for another year, at least. <laughs> for another year, at least. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, uh, so oh, no. <laughs> one of the songs that really, on, really, what's this now that you're showing me there? so one of the songs that really stood out to me on the album is sailor on the seas of fate um lovely acoustic intro intro there uh, followed by a really like, nice heavy riff but um there's a bit in it later on <clears throat> the riffing later on when it kind of speeds up and it reminds me of chaos rising and i was wondering was that deliberate it was a kind of a throwback to that song or did, was it a coincidence a lot a lot of things like that are i mean even even not, if you go back and listen Forever Black, there's a lot of callback to the earlier things, and there's a lot of stuff on, on this album, too, musically and lyrically. You know, if you kind of dig into, like, what we're doing, there, there's parts on uh, Dark Parade, I think there's, like, the, the one part there where it's it goes into a, a, I think the riff straight off of King of the Dead yeah. is on there during the solo, the second half of the solo mm. part at the end there. So, mm. I mean, there's a lot of things like that that, that, we, that are deliberate, yeah. that are... They're not exactly the same, but they are close enough where you kind of go, oh, you know, that 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 kind of makes reminds me of that. Maybe I better go back and listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's part of the reason why, you know, especially like some of the stuff when I do that, when I do that writing stuff, I'll, I'll throw in a, I'll drop in a reference to some other song. But to just, yeah. And if somebody, if, if anybody catches that, maybe they'll go, oh, okay, now, now I maybe have a better understanding of what, you know, what this is, a, uh, this is about. If I understand what, what that reference is about, you know, sure. so it, the same thing goes with the music, you know, hopefully. And they're like kid gems, you know, I, I saw a special, some guy wrote a book, you know, Easter eggs, that's what they Easter call eggs, it. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. But some guy wrote a book where these things were hidden all over the world and people spent their entire lives and people almost died trying to find it and you dig it up and it's just like a little thing in like mm. a flower pot and cincinnati ohio or something <laughs> aren't things at least easier you know it's like a record you listen to music and you can find some little thing that might be like a little thing to remind you of something else we did yeah. now we did we, we didn't do that because we couldn't come up with any other ideas we kind of did that on purpose hmm. kind of like a sherlock holmes uh, story would be you know yeah, yeah. like a little uh, like clue in there for you to kind of like hook you back I know. I noticed another couple of things, like in um, the song "Down Below," you wrote uh, or you sang all those many years ago when paradise was lost. So there's yeah, a few little things like that. that well, that, that's, yeah, that's one of the things. That, yeah, exactly right. So you see, yeah, you see, you pick up on that. Yeah. A, a lot of people don't. But, yeah. I mean, you did. So I mean, you kind of be kind of go, like, okay, well now I now I kind of if I think about that, what that's about, and how does it how does it reflect here? What's going on here? So yeah. now let's yeah, talk about that song a little bit more because that's one of my favorite Definitely. songs on the album. I love it. And I, I wanted, you know, it was really hard to find that boat, pirate boat to get the creaking out of. And I, I go, look, I want a seagull here to make it sound kind of like it's near the ocean. And we, you know, we we tried out 30 seagulls. You know, we brought <laughs> we them, in. them up off the beach. Yeah, I mean, we like, brought them in, you know, they did seat. like, you know, screen tests <laughs> and stuff, you know. And like, you know, everyone, Tim's all like, you know, not exciting enough or he doesn't have the, the feeling. You know, we finally found the one seagull that was actually, you uh, represent the song obviously that's sailor how does one go about procuring a seagull well you need a net <laughs> right or so a, this is know, or, 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 or a fishing line with some like you know a little piece of shrimp on the end of it okay know, catch them like that way and then what do you just release them back into the wild then i assume you do no animals died in a production of this album hey uh best damn seagull well, burger you know, i've ever had <laughs> another funny story about that song 
when I was a kid, my parents took me to see uh, Ben Hur, you know, and mm. me and Tim, it's always one of our favorite movies. It's got like a chariot scene at the end. Which, I don't know if you've ever, ever seen it, but you should go watch I, it. I've seen bits of it on television. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, well, it's really good. But anyway, there's a scene where uh, Charlton Heston is. He's a slave on the, on the or, he, or he's row, he's a slave, a rowing slave. And they're practicing their like different speeds. Like with the guy like beating his big like hammers on like these, he's like baby ramming speed. So we might be the raw raw boys want to get that feeling on this, on the the sailors on the seas of faith, the drum part there. And you can kind of get that. You hear the, the, the thumping like that. That's, that's what that came from. So yeah. And and this movie, the guy's like this, you know, he's like, you know, like he goes goes like this. He goes the cruising speed, you know, then he goes, Attack speed. He goes ramming speed. You know, all the guys are rowing as fast as they can. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's like there's guys, like drumming, like there's guys whipping them. So I actually went in with a couple of floor toms and I like overdubbed. I don't do that many drum overdubs ever, you know. But I went in there like yeah, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And I don't know. To me, it's just I. I just love that song. It's just just got brilliant. Yeah, that's great. And you have that thing at the start. It's like a, a choir. Uh, is it a choir or it's like what would you call that? Like choral vocals or? Well, now you're talking about down below. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he was talking about. So he was talking about all the stuff on sailors. So yeah, sorry, yeah. I was getting confused there. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you were okay. So yeah, the down below the thing at the start. You mean? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting confused yeah. with the two songs there. Sorry. Apologies. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, you have that kind of choir at the start of, of down below, and then this kind of juxtaposed with Tim's growling rasp coming in. I was like, I thought that was a great combination of sounds. Uh, something you well, just don't hear. Like, let me set. Yeah, this, yeah, no, let me cool. set this up for Tim. Tim had all these ideas like I do, you know, like we were going to get the Salt Lake City Boys Choir, you know, we're going to get like the Vienna, uh, you know, Vienna Sausage Boys yeah. Choir. And, and then we looked at our budget for the thing and it was like, you know, minus $5. And so Tim can. Minus five. Yeah. And I was like, I got all, I got all my kids and uh, my son and uh, oh. our, our, our buddy Tom that plays bass and Rob and everybody just got in that. That's who, that's who's doing that. It's, it's, uh, it explains it all on the, there's pictures of everybody doing it on the, uh, the extra special box set with uh, on Dark Parade is like pictures of all of us doing that that chorus bit there. Oh, so so that, that's the, yeah. the Baker clan involved there. And, uh, not just not just the Baker clan, like you know, the, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot yeah, of people were involved in that. It, it came out really cool. I thought you know that was a, it was a you know it, it's it's supposed to be obviously a you know kind of an angelic choir calling down to you know somebody that's you know <laughs> not part of that angelic choir. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, down below, it kind of obviously implies hell. Uh, I, I heard you on another podcast, uh, Tim, recently saying that you hadn't um, read like a, a fantasy novel since the eighties, and I'm just wondering where do you come up with this stuff? Like, um, re- like redeem us from this nightmare, deliver us from pain, deliver us from evil, so they'll never rise again from down below. Uh, I watch the news. <laughs> okay, that's all it takes. I mean, basically, that's all. That's all I have to do to like you know to to. Yeah. to to get in that mood to, to write those kind of things and everybody can take their own means from all that kind of stuff i mean my my ideas of what it means to me change you know with the weather so hopefully sure. other people get something out of it that i mean i know what i would meet what i meant when i wrote those things not necessarily what people would think that it would be but you know yeah i'm glad you like it i mean it, you know it's it's like i said it, it i don't need to to read those kind of things and i i just have to look at the world and and see what's going on but, to, but to, that's the yeah. other thing you know tim's uh lyrics are prophetic you know i mean i think you know pathetic no but a lot of people in a lot of interviews you know <laughs> oh, people you have a lot of people people in the interviews uh you know because a lot of these guys have other jobs and stuff you know uh, have real lives right 
So, you know, I, I do yeah. a lot of the interviews and people say, what does he mean by that? You know, Tim wants you to read the lyrics, you know, and like the Bible or something else, you know, there's all sorts of different, you can pull interpretation off, of yeah, interpretations <laughs> of it. But listen, he said he reads the news where we're sitting in my house right now uh, talking to you three years ago, within a mile of my house, a thousand houses burnt to the ground in one night Christ. in two or three hours. So, yeah. I mean, you don't even have to watch the news to look around you and see that, uh, you know, it's all coming down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> hell on earth. Yeah, people go on your bands breaking up, and I said, you know, the asteroid could hit before the middle of next year. You know, I mean, this is like, or the uh, the AI is going to. We're also we're living in the uh, Terminator like world. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Pretty soon, so. Skynet is going to get you before the exactly asteroid. Right. Skynet, Skynet <laughs> by the end of like you know the middle of next year, probably we'll be always living under the rule of Skynet. So. Hey, well, I'm not sure you get this. We were watching uh, a documentary the other night, or. Uh, like a new show we have a thing 60 minutes over here it's been going on for yeah, 50 yeah, yeah. I know, and one of the guys like one of the fathers of artificial intelligence and he literally goes like this this lady goes she goes you know how dangerous is this and how bad it is and he goes he goes once we let artificial intelligence onto the world wide web so they could get and once they let it start to write its own code mm. he goes, this is the worst he goes if we would have not then either one of those things would have been fine, but it's basically a self-replicating thing. And she goes, well, how, how bad is this? And he goes, he goes, if we make it through to Christmas, he'll be surprised. And you know, well, this year, right. I didn't know it was that bad. But at um, least, you know, Arnold, Arnold's still alive. He'll save us. So yeah. the good news is our music actually takes on a lighter, uh, yeah, when you when you compare when you compare it to the absolute apocalypse, yeah, it's kind of a bit lighter, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so um, actually, I read a, a really good article a few years ago about artificial intelligence, and it was it was one was about artificial intelligence, and then the other was artificial super intelligence. And I think artificial super intelligence is a distinction in that um, it becomes kind of self aware, basically. And I, I'm not quite sure if we're there yet, although. I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't completely kept up to date with it either. It's probably coming. I mean, yeah. sooner or later, it it, it 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 won't be so. It won't be real self awareness, but it'll be an artificial intelligent version of self awareness, which is probably yeah. going to be worse. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's like how many science fiction novels and movies and crap like that have you seen where it, it, you know that's the that's what that's what sets everything back to like you know ground zero so yeah i mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean it, it, it's coming sooner or later you know so i mean but you know what be, like we'll be prepared the comfort <laughs> be prepared the comforting thing i find is that if that does happen like we're all going to go out at the same time so there's nothing you can really do about it so yeah well it'd be like the matrix you know we'll all be like batteries somewhere in some pod somewhere <laughs> yeah um all right so hey, uh hey, back you, to that though you know hey we're playing uh, all oh, next you, year you probably don't have all okay yeah. no i know you no i do have, i actually do have all day go on <laughs> well i'm just i want everyone to come out you know uh see one of our last live shows you know we're gonna be we're playing some amazing uh shows yeah I, I, next year, I was just so. gonna get to that so you're you're doing um keep your rising as we said you're doing up the hammers next year and you're doing a tour of australia as well well that's the reason Tim wrote the lyrics down below. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Because we're going down below. 
It's not, it's not a very flattering portrait of the Australians if it's about them. No, 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 it's, not, it's not really about them. They're all fantastic. I think. <laughs> that would be, that'll be yeah. cool, yeah. That's going to be a pretty, a pretty uh, unique experience, I think. So. Well, I, that, that might, that might uh, beat your 30-hour flight or your 30-hour travel day, I think, getting to Australia. Yeah, might be I know. Eclipsed <laughs> by getting to Australia. Or, you know what I'm trying to say, sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> your 30-hour yeah, yeah. travel I, I, day I, might be beaten. Yeah, I, I saw something the other day but it was just showing the, the slog over the uh you know from from la to australia is like know, like 16 hours or something and i've never yeah. told you this but during that small tour i'm going to reveal my pouch your pouch oh, kangaroo his kangaroo <laughs> oh, God. Okay. he's making australian jokes already he hasn't been there yet. i'm marsupial you, <laughs> you heard you heard it here first folks on feckin metal uh, human rob's pouch I, That's going to be the headline when I announce this episode. Is like pouch reveal, <laughs> Australia. It'd be like the world of the, the, the news of the world. Human marsupial <laughs> hybrid uh, shows itself for first time. Well, where else you keep your extra drumsticks <laughs> and your cowbell? Yeah. Very good point. Uh, I was going to ask you. Sorry, we kind of moved off the the writing of the. Or sorry, talking about the album, but I did want to ask. So, you'd write a lot of these really descriptive, really articulate kind of detailed lyrics, Tim. And then you know the music itself is quite intense, and and you know there's so many different sounds and various different things going on. So, how does the writing process work? Like, do you write the lyrics aside from anything, or do you wait until the music is written and then write something to the music? It depends on the situation. So, a lot of the times I'll just write stuff and write it, and then fit it to something that we're working on at that time. I mean, that's kind of usually how it works. Mm. A lot of the time, well, I mean, a, a, some of the time we'll have, a, you know, something partially done or I'll have some lyrics partially done and we, we'll, we'll kind of match it up with what we're working on music-wise. But I mean, it, 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 there's no set way that we do things. I mean, it, it, it can go either way. Either some of the lyrics are done and we, if I fit them to what we're doing or we kind of match them up or we kind of do them in, in tandem together. So... It's, you know, okay. it's hitting us and how we do it, so. Bit, bit of both, yeah. So you'd have, like, uh, lyrical ideas or maybe themes or kind of notes about stuff, and then you might... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I'll just, like, I'll just, like if I'm writing songs, I mean, I'll, I'll just show up with, like, you know, a couple of things that are done, and we'll just, you know, write music, or we already have songs, and I'll try to see if they'll fit, you know, in that one, or if they, they don't, you know, another set of lyrics might fit there. So, you know, it, it's, 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 there's a lot of different ways to do it. Now, because yeah, I write, like, Yellow Submarine... Oh, <clears throat> actually, I'm joking. Uh, I wrote the song lyrics, uh, Legions Arise, and Tim always cracks up because he's kind of like a freeform singer, you know? He can sing mm. his lyrics on top of anything that's mm. written, you know, and yeah. move it around yeah. and make it sound perfect, you know? And mm. like me, uh, he always makes fun of me. It's like every word has to have like a note that it fits to. <laughs> and he's all that. Yeah. He goes, that's ridiculous. I'm like, well, that's my, that's my. It's a different uh, style. Yellow Submarine. Sarah Dungal are kind of a unique band in that way. Like you remind me actually of I don't know if you're aware of the Irish band Primordial. Um, oh yeah, no, we know. I, we know. Uh, we played with them. Several yeah, times. yeah, no, I, we met him. He uh, played with Alan at, at um, Frost and yeah, Fire, Alan, but he, yeah, he's yeah, playing yeah, with his we, other band though. Yeah, yeah, he's been, he he came to the uh, he was here for the uh, second or third Frost and Fire here in California and stuff. So I know we we we've uh, I've talked to him numerous times, and you know yeah. he's. But yeah, like, I was going to say, they just put out a new album, also too. Oh, that's an excellent album. Yeah, I really, oh, right, really oh, yeah. like it. But uh, just Rob, you saying the freeform singer thing. His vocals kind of 
remind me of Tim's vocals and that he could just throw it on anything and the, the lyrics don't have to rhyme they don't necessarily yes. need to be in a particular tempo they're not looking for a drum beat they're not hitting a hi-hat they're just going out there you know yeah uh, it, 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 it's, it always it always struck me the first time that I heard them or or, or, or uh, listened to them that they're doing like I said it, it's they're not doing it in a rhyming pattern they're, a mm-hmm. lot of it is like prose and it's really it's 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 strange when you first hear it because I mean yeah. a lot of people do it that way. I mean most of the time any rock song, any metal song, it's you know it's it's always rhyming structure and stuff. So they're, yeah, they're, yeah. that's pretty unique for them, and it you know it's, it's actually a cool effect that they that he's got going there. So yeah, but I mean, it was the loop kind of. The freeform thing as well, though, I think is something to yeah. share, the two bands share. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, it, was... yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty interesting, man. We also uh, he was at a played at Chaos Descends a festival in Germany, uh, named after one of our songs, actually. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him there. Um, I think they might have played, or if not, maybe he was just there visiting. Uh, mm. But I remember seeing him at that show. Yeah, he's a nice bloke. I, I've interacted with him a few times. I don't know if yeah. he ever remembers me from time to time. So I've, I've seen him at like Night Demon gigs and uh, I'd have a chat with him probably when I'm drunk in fairness and I'd see him the <laughs> next time and he I don't necessarily know if he remembers me from the time before. But anyway, he's a nice bloke. Uh, I was trying to get him on the podcast there a while ago. It didn't really work out, but I'll try again. I'll keep trying. I'll do it on Oliver on him. I'll just keep contacting him for years and years and years yeah, until go. he just, tell until him he just agrees. Tell him Tim and Rob are suggesting he should go on <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So uh, I was going to ask you then, with the kind of touring commitments you have next year, will twenty twenty four be your busiest touring year ever? Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think since we've been uh, back together, well, of course we had to take out two and a half years of the pandemic. I think we've only done like 30 something shows. I mean, shows. We're doing at mm. least maybe more than that next year. So yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. It's, to be the busiest year we've we've ever done, and look, so, man, we're really looking forward to it. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be great. But like you were saying, getting there sucks. Being there is great. So yeah. you're doing a lot of you're gonna do a lot of getting there sucks next year. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we, we what we try, what we tried to do is is what Rob always suggested to do. I mean, what, what's the point of flying over and doing you know like a one off uh, uh, the the frost and fire thing in Derry for like two days? If you're already over there, you know, yeah. Do a few. You know, yeah. take, take another day, go to England. You know, take another day, go to Sweden. Another day, go to France or whatever. You know, that kind of thing. We're we're doing mm. a number of those kind of things next year. Yeah. Or we're going to be over there for a week. You know, at a time and, and play like you know a, a few different countries. Yeah. So I mean that that's you know and that only makes sense. I mean we're just crazy not to do that. No, it absolutely does make sense. Yeah. Okay. I just quickly want to ask you about your your vocal approach, Tim, and I think then maybe we might wrap it up soon. But um, so like if you listen to the very very early stuff, like the Orange album, I I think you kind of sing a bit like Alice Cooper, uh, like on like Use Me or Bite the Worm or King Tut Uncommon. Uh, I think you sound kind of like Alice that Cooper. Rob That's Rob singing. That's Rob singing. That's not me. Oh, you're on King Tut Uncommon, are you? Oh my God. Yeah. So. Are, so, uh, so of those three songs, sorry, which one do you sing, Rob? King Tut and Common. Yeah, King Tut. And Greg sings "Bite of the Worm," I think. Greg sings right? "Bite of yeah. the Worm." Ah, okay. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. So I was listening to it, going, "This sounds like Alice Cooper," and actually, all of them kind of sounded like Alice Cooper. Well, uh, that, that, so, that, a lot of it, a lot of it sounds like weird because of the, the recording equipment we had was like very primitive for all that stuff. So okay, you know, it all so sounds really scratchy and like really just nothing but treble. Yeah. Oh, okay. Children. Yeah, you were children. Yeah, that's true. Are, so, are <laughs> you singing on you? Are you singing on "Use Me," Tim? Or do you? No, I think that's also great. Singing any of those? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm on a couple of them. I, I I don't remember. 
Uh, it, right, it, says okay. on, it says on there who's on what. I, I don't I'd remember. Say, yeah, who's I don't physically, physically own the release, but I've listened to yeah. it. Uh, anyway, a lot. getting back <laughs> to your question. Yeah. Oh, well, my question, is, my question is redundant now. I was going to ask you, at what point did you decide to change your vocal approach? Because that was released. I know it was a compilation of stuff that had been around for a while, but that was out in like yeah. 78. And then Frost and Fire was out in 1980. When it, that sounds completely different, but that makes a lot of sense now that it wasn't you singing. So um, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I, I mean, like I said, if, if you want to just, that, that same question still holds true. I mean, if you listen to the, the you know, the first three albums of ours, it, it, I don't sound anything like I do now, obviously, because I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've matured, I've, I've figured out kind of what to do. You know, I, I personally, I don't listen, I can't listen to any of that stuff because to me, it hurts my ears, especially well, like whole- Frost and Fire and, and that type of stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. I can't, I can't listen to any of it. Just, it just pers- a personal yeah. thing for me. The vocal wise, it is, you know, I mean, to, to me, it just sounds just like somebody just nonsensical <laughs> screaming shit. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it, it's got no, it's not, there's no subtlety at all. There's no subtlety. There's no phrasing. There's no color involved in it. It just, you know, balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, for, for the time and, the, and what we were doing at the time, it, it, it matched with what we were doing, I guess. So, but, you know, personally for me, I don't, I can't, I, you know, the songs are great. Yeah, you know, and we, do, and we do a lot of those songs still, and we do them, you know. Yeah, but they sound different now. Yeah. Them, but you know, I don't sound like that because I, I, I probably can't sound like that anymore, and I wouldn't want to sound like that. Yeah, well, it's interesting to me. So, um, I got into. Sarah Thungle in, in 2019 it was quite late to the game and it was after you put out that album the live album with the DVDs with it um, I'm Alive and I had listened to older songs and like you know it was always coming up on lists you know of uh, US metal from the 80s that you might not be aware of or you know like oh. the new wave of American power metal or something like that and you know I'd listen to bits and pieces and I was like mm, I don't know about this uh, like the music is good but the vocals are kind of you know a bit yeah d- different yeah, to what I'm used to but then I thought you sounded fantastic so I think you put out a single of I'm Alive for that live album before the album was released was that right? We might have put out something like that on YouTube I think or so there was something there. We, might, yeah, we might have put out a teaser thing on there yeah. yeah and I was listening to it going this sounds amazing and I was like his voice sounds so much better now than it did back then oh there you and go then, then retrospectively I was able to enjoy those older songs a lot more uh because I kind of appreciated the newer versions. But yeah, I think your vocal style has completely changed. The high-pitched kind of element of it is, is gone, and now it's more powerful and kind of nuanced, actually, I'd say now. Um, well, so that's, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, I, hey, thank you. I feel the same way. And that, like, like, like I said, I can't listen to that old stuff because there's no, there yeah. is no nuance to it. It's just, to me, it's just, <laughs> like, it's like fingers on a chalkboard, you know? Uh, you know well, I, 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 mean, I would say by... By Paradise Lost, I think you'd kind of changed a bit, though, because yeah, that's, that's. I mean, I was talking about the first three albums, you know, yeah, the Bird, yeah, the Dead, yeah. and uh, you know, One Foot and One Foot in Hell. So, yeah, yeah. By, by by Paradise Lost, we were kind of doing a, a, you know, we'd been doing it for a while, and we kind of matured a little bit, and you know, yeah. So, yeah, hey, I love all that early stuff. Yeah, Rob loved that. But <laughs> here, look. But I, I, I love like it Rick. now. I love it now, but it was it was hard to get into actually before having heard the, the current the current versions. The, the funny thing about that is, is you read reviews of even the, the you know Dark Parade and stuff, and people are still kind of referencing that 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 kind of thing. And I go like, well, are they even listening to the album because it doesn't sound anything like the old albums? Yeah. I mean, it's it, and it's odd, and you know, it, it, it's it's funny because back then it was 
so weird and extreme, I guess, for people. That's why it had its own kind of like, you know, small niche of like, you know, cult following people that listened to, you know, Sarah Thungle back in the day. And, mm. you know, that was considered like really weird and extreme and just, you know, not, you know, fit for, you know, general public consumption. But now, yeah. I mean, the stuff that's going on now, I mean, you know, it sounds like, you know, Frank freaking Sinatra or something compared to like <laughs> you know, the, 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 the pirate gurgling noises and stuff that's going on now. So, yeah. you know, I guess we were like, what are we we're one of the original, like, extreme bands, I guess you could say. I, I don't know. It's weird. I often did think of Frank Sinatra when I was listening to uh, Dark Parade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listen to it every day. Hey, no, I Tim, listen to it on the way over here. Tim being hypercritical, but I still think the early stuff is amazing. And the reason I like it, because... No, the songs are great. I, I love I know, the songs. I know, but his vocals, yeah. it, to me... It's, they fit what we were doing at the time. Yeah, but it, it, you know what it seems like to me? is like one of the guys, like, in a gang fight with a razor blade, his voice is just slashing through the music. Uh, mm. I don't know. I love it. But I like grape juice and wine. So, mm. Don't we all? You don't want them in the same mouthful. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I think I'll probably wrap it up there. So, look, you've loads of stuff coming up. You've got touring uh, in 2024. Are you finished for this year? Are you doing anything else this year? No, we're finished for this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm working yeah. on the next album. It's going to be called Robert Garvin's Sarah Ungle. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna uh, play. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, no, brilliant. you never uh, know. Hey, people have discounted us before, and people counted us out, you know. And I think, matter of fact, the thing that I love reading when someone listens to the album and they actually appreciate it, they understand it. They're like, "Wow, I can't believe that these old fuckers, you know, are still doing anything that's relevant," you know. But yeah. There's lots of fantastic stuff there, especially Sailor on the Seas of Fate. That's that really, really stands out from that album to me. That's as better, as good as or better than anything else you've done, in my opinion. Well, wait till you see it live, where I'm bending the boards from the boat, <laughs> and he's got a seagull in a cage, like right there on his drum set. <laughs> uh, I will definitely be at Cape of Tree Rising next year. So and we have to uh, the seagull scale. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see you there then, right? Yeah, no, do, do you know what, actually, Tim, you did walk by me at Hell's Heroes, and I was like, well, I go over and ask him for a photo, and then I chickened out. I wish I had it done anyway. But, uh. <laughs> chickened out. I know, I'm so frightened. <laughs> no, you're not. You weren't frightening looking at all. You're wearing a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm wearing now. <laughs> when you're on stage, you're just this entirely different entity, and I was like, oh, Jesus, that's Tim Baker from Sierra Dungle. Uh, like, should, uh, should I go over and talk to him? I was like, nah, no. Well, next time, you just come up and say something about <laughs> I will next time. I'll, 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 I'll buy you a pint or something, man. Unless I chicken out again, I'll be I'll be buying you a pint. Anyway, look, that was fantastic. Um, do you want to say anything else? Where can people reach you or anything like that? Uh, I'd like everyone to go listen to the new album. Yeah, uh, great. Uh, pick it up. You know, we're retiring, so we need money for rest homes and stuff. You know, so you gotta <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go fund me for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you to everybody out there for all that. You know millions of years of support and love and coming out and seeing this and, and, you know, supporting the band and, you know, thank you for doing this. And, uh, you know, we'll see you out there next year. And, uh, you know, like I said, anybody wants to see the band, come out and see us and, uh, you know, we'll see you then. And we planned every show next year as best as we could on the date that we thought the actual, uh, asteroid impact might happen in that location. They're all, you know, it's all speculative. The last time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming in. <laughs> Call it the asteroid tour. Um, all well, right. Thank look, you, man. 
That was fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And yeah. Hey, I'll see you soon, man. Send me an email and I'll send you uh, that Mexican restaurant name. Maybe we'll go after uh, Hills Heroes after we play that night. Well, I know, well, I'm not planning to go to Hells Heroes next year yet. Uh, I'd love to go, but it's a, it's a huge kind of... It's a huge... Um, we can find some in Ireland. Actually, there's some decent um, Mexican places in Ireland. There's uh, the Hungry Mexican, actually, which is fantastic. They've great uh, pictures of mojitos as well. Or not mojitos, um, margaritas as well. Um, that's a really nice restaurant. So, yeah, if you are if you are over here... It's funny because in our... It's funny, in our town, there's a hungry Irishman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm sure there is, yeah. Plenty of hungry. Yeah. hungry, I am. Anyway, all right. Hey, thank you. Really all good right, seeing look, you. Okay. And uh, yeah. three years from now, we'll talk about that next album. Cool. Yeah, can't wait for it. All right. Lovely to meet you, Tim. And nice to talk to you again, Rob. And yeah, hopefully I'll see you soon. All right, see you. Okay, hey, cool. See you later. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. I'm alive. I'm alive. All right, so that was Rob Garvin and Tim Baker from Sirithungal. You'd never imagine such mild-mannered and nice gentlemen such as them could release such doom-laden, apocalyptic and heavy, ferocious metal like they do. But there you go, you just don't know who the people are who sit behind the microphones, the guitars, the amps. Uh, But it was a great laugh chatting with them there. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did listening back and editing it. I was cracking myself up uh, at various points during that. Especially the stuff about the um, AI and Skynet and the fucking meteor that's going to hit Earth. It's very funny. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode. I do recommend, though, before I go, if you've never listened to Sirith Ungle, give them a chance. I would start, if I were you, if you've never heard them before, with the album I mentioned to them on the chat there, I'm Alive. It's a live album from 2019 and it covers their festival appearances from 2017. I think there's Up to Hammers is in there and possibly the one that they mentioned um hammer of doom is it i'm not sure but you can have a look for it there yourself it's a great introduction to the band their catalog at the time of course they've got two new albums since then um and then go back and listen to the early stuff or you can start with the latest album or do whatever you want but that was my entry point into the band and i found it to be uh, an easier entry point let's say than starting off with frost and fire and not quite knowing what to make of those vocals as we discussed in the chat there as well. Uh, I'll probably see you again at least one more time before the end of the year. Thank you again to everybody who's listened to Feckin' Metal throughout 2023 and helped it grow, as I mentioned at the start of the episode there. I really do appreciate it. If you want to get in contact with me, it's at Cast on Twitter, feckinmetal at gmail.com. Give me a shout if you wish. I'm your host, Fargal Trainer. I will see you next time. <laughs>